Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Life Point. I'm certainly glad you're listening today, and I pray your day is uh, glorious. And I just want to share a message with you today, and I'm titling it One. Yes, One. O N E. The importance of one. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you today for another day. Lord, thank you for moving in the lives of your people. Lord, thinking about our services lately at church and seeing the Holy Spirit move in a powerful way. Lord, I be I believe revival is moving across this nation and into all uh, our churches. And I pray, God, that you would just have many people come to know you. And if there's people listening here today that do not know you, Lord, that they would turn to you today. And if they're not involved in a Bible-believing church, God, they'd get involved. And Lord, that you would just move across this nation. We'd have a wave of the Holy Spirit that would change and touch lives in powerful and mighty ways. I love you, Lord. I give you thanks for all you do all the time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, back to the title, One. You know, sometimes when you look at things, you really get convicted, and that's the way it is. was with me when I started studying, you know, and when I was looking at this message. It just sank deep into my heart, and I hope you too will understand the very simple principle that we're going to talk about today. You know, we hear many stories how one person impacts so many, and sometimes how one idea generates a snowball effect. We think of Billy Graham, how he by himself, in a sense, with the Holy Spirit leading him, touched millions of lives and changed lives across the world. And even Dave Ramsey, the financial guru who has helped countless thousands get out of debt and talks about taking one debt at a time and paying it off and then tackling the next largest debt so or until the debt until people are debt free. You know, and that's one of the things we enjoy about financial peace. Our church uh, does financial peace, and it's in a session right now. And it's the best $100 someone can spend to be involved in that because it's liberating and it's spiritually charging. I went by Second Baptist the other day, but here by the radio station, and they're having financial peace and offering it too. And I would have you check that out uh, if you haven't been in financial peace because there are the value by by those kind of things. One person saying, I've got a commitment and I'm going to follow God, boy, it could just snowball. And that's what we want to see, you know, and I just, uh, I just know one thing. We want to know what we're saying a little bit when we're talking in life. Okay. I think it might be a little odd, but you know, look, you know, you look at different people that you would not expect to be leaders or someone to uh, start a spiritual movement, but you know what? It God can use anyone. Look what he did in Luke chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. This is Jesus talking. He said, now the tax collector and sinners were all gathering around. I mean, excuse me, Luke, Luke was talking here, then Jesus talked later. But now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisee and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus didn't have any part of what he said there. But yes, that's exactly true. Jesus welcomed sinners and ate with them. It's interesting that Luke didn't just lump them together and say, oh, the sinners gathered, but the tax collectors and sinners. And in that time, the tax collectors, you know, were thought to be among the worst of the sinners. No, he didn't go into all that. But because 
Well, the tax collectors used to cheat so many people. Many of them would impose greater fees and, and pocket the money. I think all of us can relate to the ta- when it comes to tax time, which it is now, since we are right now some of the biggest discussions we are dealing with deals on how much taxes we pay. People hate paying taxes. I know. I certainly don't enjoy it. But, you know, whatever is uh, the is Caesars is Caesars. Whatever is our nation's, it's our nation's. I pay my taxes because that's what I was called to do. And that's what, as a Christian, I'm going to follow the laws of the land unless they coincide opposite of what Jesus would teach. Notice the implication of this. Okay, here's these support, uh, supposedly smart religious Pharisees and teachers muttering, and I imagine some of them under the breath, you know, really muttering. Jesus welcoming sinners to eat with him. That's absurd. You get a quick glimpse in their lives seeing how they thought of themselves versus others. A lot like today. So many are quick to judge and lay down the law and call it God instead of welcoming sinners into the church. Welcoming sinners. The church is the hospital. I just recently watched Jesus Revolution, which I know many of you have already watched, about Chuck Smith and and Greg Laurie. And it just, it was very moving because it hit this very, very chord. Are you welcoming sinners? Are you some of those like the best dressed people in church and people that come in look like, they don't belong, and you say, well, I don't want to be a part of that. Or do you say, please come. We have got to welcome the lost into the church because we need them to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's what the church is all about. Instead, sometimes we just follow the path of wanting to have something comfortable and happy-go-lucky. Oh, if we could only get mentality you know, the mentality to know that we need the spiritual loss to flood into the church, to hear the truth and allow the truth to set them free. God didn't call us to judge. God called us to love one another and be an example. Sometimes we think because we are high spiritually that we have all the answers. Unfortunately, people put themselves on a spiritual podium and think we know the right way to do, and we, we were kind of like the Pharisees. But just the opposite. They knew the wrong way, and I'm going to tell you why they were living by the law versus by relationship. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, your heart is after the same thing that, uh, that Jesus wants, and that's to win the lost. You know, it should be about kingdom purposes. How are we acting and what we say should have a heavenly design, a desire to have our friends and family know the King of Kings. Do you have a desire that your friends and family know the King of Kings? It does my heart good when I see and hear people in church say, please pray for my daughter or son. They really need the Lord. They really need the Lord. They just haven't accepted their children are making poor spiritual decisions. And they will stand by and let it happen. They're crying out to God and to the people of God to pray for their children, for their mother and their fathers, so they too can find the real joy and assurance of Jesus. Life is comfortable when we don't feel responsible. Frankly, and yes, I said frankly, that is why many parents say nothing about their family lives, because they do not want to rock the boat. Well, I'm certainly not one of who believes that we as people harp on them, 
But on the other side of the coin, we must share with them the truth and pray, pray, pray. I've told you many times about my father praying for his mother for most of her life and not giving up, though she was two weeks from standing before God when she accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior and had a vision of heaven. My dad's dad prayed for his wife for all those years, too. But finally, that day, she gave her life to Christ, kind of like the thief in the cross the last day. Said, Jesus, remember me. It's never too late. And folks, never never get down and think, well, it's too late. I've lived a life of sin. Folks, we have all lived a life of sin. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us, Billy Graham included, the Apostle Paul, Peter. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. And if you're saying, beating yourself down, stop beating yourself down. Say, Jesus, today I am going to change my life. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to do the very best I can. So what will motivate us to stretch our our lives? What is it that will wake us up to the urgency of praying for the lost, for welcoming the lost, for loving the lost? Not loving their lifestyle, of course, not loving sinful behavior, but loving them with a pure love. Let me tell you, loving people opens the door for salvation. My father led many to the Lord and planted many seeds that were spiritually harvested in later years by purely loving people. When people think of my father, they think of one thing, how James Doherty loved people. He loved them. He did not judge them. He encouraged them. He prayed for them. What an example that was for me to see growing up. It had an amazing effect on who I am today. I am so, so grateful. Do we have an unwavering love for God? Is it so unwavering that we will do everything possible to see one know Jesus? Do we have that kind of passion? You know, I'm afraid probably the answer is most people don't. Because you don't see it. Oh, you see him in church on Sunday. Everybody's smiling happy. Oh, that's a good sermon, Pastor. That was a good that was good worship. But do we go out and do we truly try to make a difference? Try to strike up conversations with people and ask God when you go into a situation to use you. When you walk into the bank, when you walk into the restaurant, Lord, use me. Open up a door. May I minister to this waitress? And that doesn't mean being so obnoxious and bold and said, you know, Jesus, if you don't, you're going to hell. No, it means loving them and showing them Jesus, showing them what things are about. You know, this morning I went and I got a coffee at the human being and, you know, and, and you end up talking to the people and you're trying to have a good info and it was a very positive conversation. You know, and then I went to the bank and, and they asked me, well, what are you doing today, Pastor? I said, well, I'm going down and doing radio and I'm doing this and that. I got to go visit some people and I'm able, you know, able to share and, and talk. It's just God wants us to react. God wants us not just to sit on our behinds and say nothing or live differently. He wants us to live for him and show people by our actions Jesus, we've got a lost world. People, we got to get busy. We've got to get with it. We've got to start being used by God. I titled a sermon one today because God can use just you, one, you. He can use you to help touch lives. Will you allow him to? 
He wants to use you today. He loves you dearly. Have a great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.